Do we have Chris? No, I was not. Too? Yeah, I'm here. I'm actually in Alex's apartment. Oh, right. All right. Hi, Chris. Hey. In fact, in the future, Kerr, what we'll probably do is I'll just have you come over here because um, it is fun to be in studio. It's just I only have the one microphone, so the three of us around it would we just end up making out. It would be too awkward. Yeah, that uh, tends to happen. And all right, I agree. <laughs> and not that that wouldn't be good. It just doesn't record well. Yeah, making just, out. Yeah, with only one yeah. mic to record the sound. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, how do you do it as yeah. You put a lot of sucking into it, man. <laughs> well, it's just that's with three people. Oh, right, I mean, right. when it's two people, there's not as much sucking. There's, there's like not as much mess. <laughs> I mean, we, I watch a lot of Jersey Shore, so I would know. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with three-way kissing is that there's so much negative space. You know, mouths aren't really meant to like fit it's together on, at sixty-degree angles. It depends on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody's mouth is shaped like a badger, then you're fine, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like a whole badger? Like... Yeah, like a whole badger. <laughs> Legs and bushy, bushy tail. <laughs> Good morning, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read and Weep. This is episode number 68. We are the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. Today we are talking about the second half of The Power by Rhonda Byrne. As I said before, this is episode 68, which means that if each episode we've released was a single degree Fahrenheit, our show would now be the perfect temperature for processing black and white film. Anyway, uh, that thing right there that I just said, more interesting than everything that happens in The Power. So, normally I would say don't read it, but if you do, get it for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Don't read it under any circumstances. You can use that link if you want to get a free audiobook. Use it for something good. Do not read this book. This is a public service message to never read this book. And let me introduce you to today's panel. First of all, he's a Nobel Prize winning medical missionary reporting live from Lake Titicaca. It's Ezra. <laughs> I am probably the only nice white person in Africa in the 1800s. It's very possible. Uh, also, I think Lake Titicaca is in South America. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> they actually they moved late like, after the 18 and 19. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. All right. Uh, also joining us today, we, he is a personal emotional trainer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. I can make you feel however you want to feel, which is good. <laughs> You're making me feel good right now, so that's <laughs> good. Very impressive work. Also, very special guest joining us again this week. Uh, he is a Baptist minister and civil rights leader. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Kerr back to the program. Oh, thanks, guys. Okay, now what would you say if you were a Baptist minister and civil rights leader? You know what? I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, I feel like it would really just say, thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you've been through enough shit. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, it's good to have you back. Of course, I'm your host. I am the founder of Buddhism. My name is Alex. Sounds a lot like buttism when they say it. I'm the great... I'm the great Gautama Butta. I can't believe it's not Butta. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Before we talk any more about this book, Chris is going to summarize the plot of the second half of The Power by Rhonda Byrne, and he's going to do that in the style of a dramatic summary. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, you're, you have 60 seconds. Time will begin when you say your first word. Points of power! Change the world. Get as much money as you want. Influence people. You know how many friends you have now? Double it. Nay, thousand it. That's what you can get with the power. Get the power now. How do you start? By feeling good. Put up your feeling field. Get it up now. Don't let any bad feelings in. If they come, run away. That's right, the power. Not some conjurer of cheap tricks. We got this. The power. Like an infomercial. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Do you like microwaving eggs into an omelet? <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, let's get a... A compliment now before we talk any more about the book. We've got our summary out of the way. Everybody has to do a compliment on either side of the show called the Compliment Sandwich. It's what makes us real criticism and not just hilarious podcast. Kerr, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment round. What do you prefer? Well, last time I went last, so I guess I'll be ballsy and go first this time. Perfect. So here's my compliment. This woman apparently went from rags to riches in her first book and movie. Uh, had nothing, wrote a book about nothing, and then made a ton of money. And her second book is essentially just a defense of really, really rich people. And I, <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a brilliant, subtle post-commentary to, by the way, uh, the fact that I got you to buy this book that says nothing is actually just because I'm the best human being alive. And I think I think that's I think that's very clever of her. I, I'm feeling the love, <laughs> yeah. both from her and from you and from the universe. Well, you know that she's full of love because you can't be rich unless you're. Full of love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I just got ten bucks. Nice. <laughs> Cha-ching. All right, uh, Chris, you are up second for the compliment. What would you? What is your first compliment? Uh, my compliment is that Rhonda Byrne really uh, respects and knows her demo for this. And because of that, she's able to say, don't just do it for you, do it for America. <laughs> At one point, she, she says that it's very, very important that you all start using the secret and the power and the law of attraction right now for the good of our great nation. And I just got to say, right on, sister. <laughs> Wasn't, isn't she Australian? Yeah, but now she lives in America. Oh, because she I moved here once she had money. Because she recognized that it's the greatest country on the history of the earth. So, so rags to riches, she also went from outback hats to baseball caps. Mm. Yeah. Or from outback hats to outback steakhouses. <laughs> <laughs> from dingoes to dollars, as they say. <laughs> I do say that. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, my, my first compliment, my minor compliment. Major. Sorry, major. Every feeling, as you know, has a frequency. Right. Which finally explains why every time I'm sad, I get 90.5 KRZQ, the best hits of 80s, 90s today, uh, playing faintly in the background of my thoughts. Does that fix it? No, but at least now I know why. It's because the FCC has not been regulating feelings or opening clear channels of emotion. <laughs> you remember, whenever you're sad, you start hearing careless whisper. Yeah. It just, it just, with a lot of static, not yeah. the whole song, just like a lot of it starts coming in. Ezra, that makes it... up. Your turn for the major compliment. What is your first compliment today? Well, this book, I think, made me understand addiction more than any other book that we've had so far. Oh? Yeah, because when Rhonda's talking about um, 
feeling good and how important it is to always feel good uh, and like her idea of like love as a shield and that kind of stuff. Whenever she's around anyone that feels bad, um, and she knows she's coming kind of she's coming down a little bit, she has to leave the room and make sure she feels good again. I imagine that's exactly how someone who's addicted to any kind of strong drug would also feel. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, people are drinking. I gotta leave the room. <laughs> well, well, actually, I was I was thinking the other way, where it's just like you know, whenever you like have to deal with reality for like more than a second, you're like, oh, I gotta leave, and then you like you go shoot up in the bathroom, and then you can come back and be with them again. Oh, oh right, you're like, oh, I gotta go. People are up. not drinking. I yeah. gotta go in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gotta keep on feeling good. Can't ever feel bad. Can't ever feel bad. Wow, that uh, is scary when you say it that way. Yeah, actually, that's really, really disturbing. <laughs> With my heart. Oh. Why is supposed to be bad? The compliments out of the way, this book is basically broken down into, or the second half is broken down into three sections. Money, relationships, and health. So let's start with, let's start with money. What do you guys think of her opinion uh, of money? Specifically, I guess, using magic and the greatest power in the universe just for your own personal wealth. Horribly offensive. <laughs> no, I know. Oh God, just the entire approach to the way she talks about money is pretty ridiculous. Well, okay, so let me right? pose the I question mean, this way: What is more offensive to you, the way using the the power for money, or for relationships, or for health? Okay, here's the thing, though. I mean, like, I'm okay with you using the power for whatever you want because it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, she she clearly proved that through the placebo effect, the power works perfectly on health. Placebo effect is pretty awesome, but I, I I guess I don't know if it works for anything else that way. You know, like I don't think you can like win the lottery through a placebo effect. I mean, you can't win the lottery through anything else, so you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, that thing about the lottery, where she says the reason why the people who win the lottery win the lottery is because they really believe that they're gonna win. That that is. Uh, that is up there with the top ten most psychotic moments. <laughs> but but it's genius in how like prove me wrong, prove me wrong that this person didn't just feel the best about money, like better than anyone else about winning the lottery, and that's why they won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't like basically everyone everyone feels good about winning the lottery, right? And most people still manage to lose, you know, somehow. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking while this was happening, I was like, you know. In all fairness, I have never thought that it was possible for me to win the lottery, and I've never won the lottery. So, contrapositively, she has proven it. Well, actually, I, I have a contra-contrapositive proof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this one time I bought a $2 lottery ticket and won $6. I tripled my money, even though I didn't think I had a chance in fucking hell to win anything. Uh, 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 just to clarify, was she talking about the people who win $6? Was that really what this was about? <laughs> you know, it only takes 51% positive feeling <laughs> to start a mini avalanche that turns into a big avalanche of good things until you're just buried by your own riches. A lovalanche, if I may. Yes, a lovalanche. Uh. I think I saw that one. Buried in a love lunch. But Alex, I think you have a point that like the health and relationships parts of this are just equally as insane. So I mean, like for instance, the health one, which says, you know, based on the fact that there is a placebo effect, you can wish yourself to health from anything as long as, like Lance Armstrong, you make a game of it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I gotta say, I think that I, I think in all truth, the the health part is the most insane because 
although the money is offensive and wrong, and the relationship thing is really creepy, and if anyone believed it, I think they're undateable. Uh, <laughs> but the health is like actually the one that is going to take keep people from getting life saving medicine that they need. True. Yeah. If I can, I'd like to make a case for the relationship one being the craziest. Okay, <laughs> please do. Basically, she has a section where um she's saying like that you know relationships bad or good based on the other person, but no. Like everything else in this book, it's only about you. <laughs> Which I think is really a, a kind of an invitation to get people to stay in a wholly abusive relationship because they, they convince themselves that it's like, no, it's only my imagination that, that I feel bad when he hits me. <sighs> like, it's all crazy, but I feel like this is like, you know, could damage you more likely than other, anything else. Okay, I think you're totally right about that, but let me offer you a counterexample for possibly the, a more insane thing from health. Ancient texts say people used to live to be 800 years old. Why can't we do that anymore? Because we've stopped believing we can. <laughs> <laughs> I like that maybe there's like a guy who like is cut off from all of civilization, who's like never learned anything, but like he just doesn't know enough to die. So yeah, that's he's not smart enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like 750 years old. And 1,000-year-old man, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, people get Alzheimer's and forget, like, their names, but somehow they remember to die. Yeah, they remember to <laughs> die. They remember to be afraid of death. Other other nominations for what the craziest thing is in the book? Ooh. Uh, the relationship I'm trying to remember more about the relationship I think I went into some sort of like brain coma after we got to the relationship alright let's say, let's do this then let's not compete between the three different sections let's just do let's just accept nominations for the single most insane sentence in this book it's a steep competition I know there's a lot of good possibilities who would like to offer okay. something else for the single most insane sentence in the book uh, I, I got one please okay uh, this is on. This is on health, actually. Okay. So maybe I am swayed. You are the ruler of a kingdom, and your cells are your most loyal subjects who serve you without question. So whatever you think and feel becomes the law of your kingdom, the law within your body. I've been thinking helium thoughts for the last <laughs> twelve hours, and I am still very firmly on the ground. I, well, I think that's just because you <laughs> overestimate the lifting power of helium. It would take a lot no, of helium to lift your body. Start thinking hydrogen thoughts. Yeah, think hydrogen, hydrogen thoughts, yeah. There are a kajillion, bajillion, million cells in my body, all right? If each one of them was light, I'm pretty sure that's enough. So I mean, my only conclusion, though, is that my cells are in open revolt of me. They're going to kill me with a, a cell-sized guillotine very so shortly. <laughs> A series of increasingly painful but very tiny guillotines. <laughs> <laughs> All I, like the Ezra Loyalist cells will get killed first. <laughs> uh, you know what? I actually, I mean, I always, I always thought that just to be fair, my, I, I allow my entire body to be a democracy, and so about half my cells uh, didn't even vote this year. <laughs> but somehow my tongue went forward in record numbers. Yes, I, there was a huge. I mean, maybe it was because they were expecting a cake party later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
I like 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 the flyover cells, like the flyover organs that no one really cares about, like gallbladder. Yes. <laughs> no one ever visits the gallbladder for campaigning. It pumps bile. Who the fuck cares? Well, I, the problem <laughs> with me is that my you know my cells obviously don't care about what goes on in other parts of the body, so my like tongue cells are really in favor of cake and heavy cake legislation. <laughs> my stomach really would prefer salad. <laughs> As would your colon. <laughs> but, but again, but salad is just not a very strong candidate, so no one's convinced to come out for salad this year. The cake lobby is huge. <laughs> Man, the cake lobby is just unstoppable. God, I want cake. <laughs> I want cake, too. <laughs> it's unanimous. Cake, 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 cake. Yes, we cake. Yes, we cake. Yes, we cake. All right, uh, other nominations for single most insane sentence in this book. Yeah, I got one. Um, so in the part about money, Hronda is talking about how when she was trying to make the movie The Secret, she was totally out of money, maxed out her credit cards, didn't have money for groceries, yeah. couldn't pay her staff, whatever. And then she says, and $25,000 literally fell out of the sky and into my bank account. Bad use of literally, first Bad of all. Bad use of literally. I was really excited when she said that because I was like, wow, that's some shit. The, the law like, of attraction must really work if money fell out of the sky. Yeah. Instead of explaining that, no, it was an angel investor who was but hopped bought, up on peyote. She bought stock. And oh, then yeah, the stock, yeah. Oh, she sold mind, yeah. the stock later. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not so much magic or love. That was foresight. And forgetting that you had the stock and then remembering. <laughs> well, at least be dimwitted means you can be surprised a lot. Yeah, she got that nailed. There are literally five great examples of literally being misused. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's can I can I run give you a quick rundown? Of course you can. Yep. Okay. Okay, but 2004 had been an especially tough year for me, and the challenging circumstances literally brought me to my knees, which means she became a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> or hobbled. Either way. <laughs> The, the circumstances were so challenging, she had to sell her shin bones <laughs> to pay rent. Wait, so um, she just dropped down? Like, it just went straight from her kneecaps to her shoes? Yeah. <laughs> Literally brought my knees to the shoes to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you parrot negative things and squawk about the things you don't love, you're literally jailing yourself like a parrot in a cage. Yeah, I re this one was kind of fun because I, I never thought of cages for parrots as like being jails. I always thought we were protecting the parrots, not so much uh, punishing them. Well, also what's funny is like you've got that double thing where not only are you literally jailing yourself, but also she's saying that parrots jail themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the most insane sentence, but it's easily one of the most flawed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but have you met a parrot? There's no love in those eyes. None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all the hard time they've been doing. <laughs> and yet they don't ever mention that sort of issue when they're stumping around my body cells. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parrot's all in favor of cake. <laughs> Although they also have a large lobby for crackers. <laughs> Oh, it'd be so annoying to debate with the parrot cells. <laughs> it would pretty much just all... They, they're really good about staying on topic about yeah. crackers. Anything else. <laughs> or anything else, you're like, I don't think that's a good idea. Don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> the rent is too damn high. <laughs> all right, other... What were your other instances of literally? Okay, well, one, one other that, that's worth mentioning is... um. 
And from there, we literally program our bodies from an early age to live for a certain amount of time. My body runs on C++. <laughs> oh, mine's a pearl. <laughs> <laughs> My body's in basic. Yeah. <laughs> mine's in COBOL. Oh, that's why. Mine's, I'm just a giant 404 error message. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find shit. <laughs> Body not found. Oh. <laughs> oh no, it would be a. <laughs> there's a there's a 404 message on my on my appendix now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. This uh, organ has permanently moved. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, other nominations for m- most insane sentence in Ron Burns' The Power. Y'all. Uh, I have a nomination if you'd like. Um, these are beliefs, not facts. I'm allergic to that. I get jet lagged. <laughs> Coffee keeps me up. Those are things that I believe because they've happened to me. <laughs> Like somebody who doesn't know they have a peanut allergy just eats peanuts and is oh, fine. Seriously. When somebody introduces the fact that you could be allergic and then they're like, oh, those are histamines. You know what it is? Like, <laughs> the, the world to her is a, is a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. Where you walk yeah. up a cliff and as long as no one tells you there's a cliff there, you'll be fine. You're like, Which means if you tell the 700-year-old man that death is a concept, he's just going to like disintegrate right in front of you. Turn to dust. Like that that one episode of the Twilight Zone, or Indiana Jones, you know? Oh yeah, Indiana Jones, another good. Uh, so many good analogies to pop culture today. <laughs> this actually reminded me of the Twilight Zone. I was telling my friend about you know what this is like. It's like basically, dude, it's like whatever you think is real. He was like, oh yeah, there's a Twilight Zone episode where that happened, and there's a little kid who you know could control everything with his thoughts. And I was like, huh. You know, the world is importantly different from that Twilight Zone episode, so I guess whatever we think is not real. <laughs> well, I, I think this ties back into health. Like, that statement is terrifying. Oh, you're listen, you're not allergic to peanuts. Don't even sweat it. Like, if, As she said, she's changed tens of millions of lives. I'm horrified to think that a small percentage of those were people who just died from peanut allergies. Absolutely. Uh, but... But, like, okay, so to take that small example and make it a bigger example, last July, there was a man who was convicted of second-degree homicide because instead of taking his 11-year-old daughter to the hospital when she just passed out and was unresponsive, he prayed over her for hours Yeah. and didn't do anything. And then he took her to the hospital when she died and was like, well, I did the best I could. No, you didn't. You really didn't. <laughs> Legally, no. I, that... <laughs> I'm just worried about the people who are going to die because they take this too literally. Okay, here's the thing, though, guys. Um, you're worried about people you know, dying because of this, but I'm worried about people uh, who believe in this surviving and reproducing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, other nominations for craziest sentence? I have one. Um she says she's just at five fifty two thirty because I can't help but write these things down when I'm really angry at things she says. She says You cannot imagine yourself not existing because it's impossible for you not to exist. I don't even know where to begin on that one. I just want to try. <laughs> uh, yeah, well uh, let's open the floor for discussion. Um I cannot imagine not existing because I have better things to do. 
I need to. I need to back up on this one. Okay. Everybody's just like, okay, I don't really want to get into like a complicated epistemological like, <laughs> argument about this, but <sighs> this is flawed in so many different ways. A major problem with this is I can totally imagine you guys not existing. Um, so that doesn't bode well for you. <laughs> Actually, a, sim a similar quote that I find uh, just mind-boggling is that the only reason you can't see a person in their body after they've died is because you can't see the frequency of love, and they're now on a pure love frequency. <laughs> you know, I, I just there are some really crabby people in the world, and they've died. I don't think they ended up on pure love. <laughs> they're pure crabbiness. <laughs> Alright, so I have another game. I want to call this game The Second Opinion. I am going to read you stories that Rhonda told us during the book, and then she had her opinion on what was going on, and I'd like you guys to analyze other possibilities of what happened in this person's life, whether it was the secret, the power, or some other thing. Alright. There's a man whose wife left him, and he kept calling her and not loving it. And not using the power of attraction to get her back, but instead blamed her for leaving and taking his children. So he got arrested. Obviously, the first part that jumps out of you about the story is just how awesome it is that Australian law means somebody can get arrested for repeatedly calling the mother of their children. For pestering. Yeah. <laughs> there is a law against phone usage. It is really annoying, though. Oh, totally annoying. Although so is having someone take your kids. Yeah, but the calling especially. <laughs> Doesn't uh, she conclude that ultimately he should have loved being alone more and like? Should have loved having his children stolen from him. Yes. I mean, he probably deserved it, but yeah, he should have been like, "Oh, this is dope. I'm gonna. <laughs> I hope to attract more negative children." <laughs> yeah, I, I I would like to attract more singleness. <laughs> And then Mighty Man Meals just start showing up in his freezer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next story. A man finds out his wife is pregnant with their third child. He worries they won't be able to take care of this child. Suddenly, the baby gets sick and is born early with an emergency C-section. He is thankful for his son's health, so the son survives when doctors said it had a 0% chance of survival. Yeah. I'm going to chalk this one up to um, medicine. <laughs> yeah, I did notice how he was thankful for the baby's health, but never for the doctors, who, even though they knew there was a 0% chance of survival, kept working. Yeah. Okay, uh, so so with the... Man, flagging energy. Fix. Just jump. You just jump? That... Jump, jump. Jump, jump. Everybody jump. Cake, 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 cake. <laughs> oh, I feel better, because there's going to be cake. I'm bringing the cake to me. Wait, I can actually feel all of the cells in my body preparing themselves for cake. <laughs> my, my, my cells are so loving for the cake that they're already receiving that they're going to get double, nay, thousand times the cake they're originally planning. More than we could ever imagine. <laughs> okay, we are going to go for cake after this, right? I guess we have to now. <laughs> Uh, I want to I want to pit her against the doctor who ultimately saved this baby's life, 
and have her be like, oh, you know, the baby lived because this hus- the husband believed enough. And then have him just go through, like, medical index of, like, well, no, at 9.53 a.m. She- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to, like, call, like, um, the Grim Reaper as, like, a witness. And then, like, it's like, no, Mr. Reaper... <laughs> Did you, uh, you know, stop from harvesting the baby because of thoughts? He's like, no, it was because of medicine that you know made the baby healthy enough. I like oh, how your gosh. evidence that you're presenting against this is ask the Grim Reaper. Still <laughs> no. Well, I'm just saying, it seems like an expert on the situation. Call an expert witness. That's my expert witness. An expert oh, on reaping and grimness. <laughs> On, on first agriculture. <laughs> His day rate is kind of insane, though. How do you summon the Grim Reaper? Who's the who's the like guy who has to go give a summons to the Grim Reaper? Just someone else hangs out like at a hospice clinic with the papers, and like as soon as I see him, I'll serve him. I know he hangs out here. You wear a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like the Groucho glasses <laughs> with the nose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, next story. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, that guy sucks. <laughs> Does he now? <laughs> no, he's an incredible sportsman, but he was really mean to Mandy Moore. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I think you mean Cheryl Crow. Was it Cheryl Crow? Yeah. Never mind. All right, uh, focus. So Lance Armstrong uh, really wants to win the Tour de France, but then... The Tour de France? Anyway, he really wants to win the Tour de France, and uh, so he trains really hard for his whole life and does a bunch of steroids, and then suddenly is struck down with testicular cancer. But every day that he's in the hospital, he imagines winning the Tour de France, and then when his cancer is cured. He does a bunch more steroids and trains a lot, and then goes on to win a lot of Tour de France's. <laughs> Was oh. this the power at work? What other possible explanations could there be? Well, he's also a freak born with a huge heart, right? I mean, isn't that the other thing? Is but that doesn't just... that just mean a lot of love? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought of it. That way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, it, it's, it's true that, that wanting it, you know... Definitely helps as far as winning. That's that's how champions are made. Yeah. Just wanting it. And steroids. For the record, Chris, I'd be very interested in cheering on a champion who did not care at all about winning. <laughs> <laughs> like didn't didn't want it, couldn't care less, didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah. It's like LeBron is on a bike and just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't even think it's a sport. <laughs> <laughs> he in fact he was just going to Timmy's house. It's <laughs> Timmy lives in uh, in the mountains of France. LeBron at the end of each stage being like, oh, well, Timmy wasn't here today, so I guess I'll go to the next stage and see if he's over there. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> I guess I'll go take a nap and wake up at 6.05 for my start time. Yeah. I might as well blood do? dope. Yeah. <laughs> might as well just blood dope and be chased by Vespas. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love about the whole uh, Lance Armstrong thing, though, is it's all about when you stop telling the story. You know? It's like, and won seven times in a row, and then retired, and then came back and didn't win, <laughs> and then also didn't win again, and kind of got embroiled in some weird stuff. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, maybe I've shown my bias here, but I got to think the steroids had a big part of it. I mean, yes, that and stopping the story only one third of the way through the behind the music episode, <laughs> yeah. right? And and not mentioning at all <laughs> the uh, trained really really hard for years and years and years. 
Like, I couldn't just, if I got diagnosed with cancer, I couldn't just go imagine winning the Tour de France yeah. in the hospital and then go do it. Because I'm a fat fuck who likes cake. If I had been... God, I want cake. <laughs> I want cake, too. <laughs> Wait, I, I want to tell this story, though, just on, but, like, about Alex. So it's like, there was a guy on <laughs> a podcast, but really wanted cake. And so when the podcast ended, he got cake. And then it would go, points of power. <laughs> oh, is cake. <laughs> so Ezra. Yeah, dude. The other the other day you said you had some stories you wanted to tell me. Yeah, I mean, we've all been talking about how um if you want anything, the only way to get it is really through an audiobook. And um, that if your life is unhappy in any way, it's because you aren't thinking about audiobooks enough. Right, yeah. And, and how you can use the power to get those audiobooks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I just sort of want to, I don't know, I don't want to say scare tactics or cautionary tales, um, but <laughs> here's some shit that will freak you out <laughs> someone who did not think about audiobooks enough and use, power, use the power to get them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so, so, so tell me one of them. Start start with the one about the tractor. Okay, this is I'll, I'll start off slow. Okay, there was a farmer. All right, in uh, in rural Kansas in 1936. Okay, he had a new tractor. All right, was uh, was really excited to ride it around. You know, to beat back this uh, depression and 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 dust bowl kind of thing. All right, and he wasn't thinking about audiobooks while he was riding the tractor. You know what happened? What? World War II. <laughs> <laughs> the best defense against the Third Reich is a good offense. AudiblePodcast.com slash Weed and Weed. Yeah, this is rolling all across the board. Liquid saw chamber. If it's coming from my jaw, then it's pure anger. Heavy metal rap with a 4-4 banger. We can yeah, settle that. Let the mic cord hang you. I pay homage. All right, uh, so now it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich, the minor compliments. Uh, we will go in reverse order from our opening. So that means Ezra is up first. Ezra, what's your minor compliment? At one point, she quotes uh, Hippocrates, who says, Natural forces within us are the true healers of disease. And she says he's the father of Western medicine. And just made me appreciate how we don't believe in that kind of medicine anymore and believe in, you know... Science? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just so glad I don't believe in that crazy bullshit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you don't believe in that crazy bullshit anymore. The father of uh, modern bloodletting. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I like the um. I, I wish he'd like quote some of those crazy ones. Like I guess like like leeches are the true healers of disease. You know? <laughs> Electroshock is the true healer of disease. Yeah, lobotomies are the true healers. Of <laughs> My turn. So my minor compliment. She also keeps quoting Buddha and Jesus throughout the book. And I just wanted to say that I think it's great that finally somebody is coming forward and saying that what Buddha and Jesus really wanted was for me to have a new car. Yeah. In fact, uh, your dream car probably flies. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, not at all. That's what Jesus and Buddha both want. That's exact. Buddha <laughs> wants nothing more than for me to have a flying car right now. <laughs> You guys have been misinterpreting this religion for years. 
He sat and meditated under a tree for 40 years just picturing you driving a flying car. You know, the, the key to that vision is just how fucking happy I look. <laughs> just like, he couldn't Wee! let that go. Yeah, bitches, I'm flying! You know, Alex, I think I think that was why you didn't get into Harry Potter 2. That's how excited well, I was to fly. Yeah, I, I think yeah, they were all under-impressed. Even the witches should have been more stoked about it. They can fly on a broom. I, just, I, I feel like afterwards, you know, it's like... You know, the car itself is, is not really that different of an experience. Oh, no, you know why? Okay, so if the broom is what's making you fly, that means your entire weight is on your taint on a broomstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fact. I mean, <laughs> after that, you'd be like, I want a leather seat. I want to stretch out. I want AC. I want some AM radio. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah, nobody can, like, you can't make out in the back seat of your broom. You're just sitting on, on the <laughs> bristles on at your that taints. point. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that they have all the kinks worked out of the broom system, but I'm pretty sure that if they're magic, they can hold, they fix the sore taint issue. <laughs> well, you have to go to the go to the hospital wing for your sore taint from the Quidditch match. <laughs> and just wearing a robe, so there's not like a lot of like protection on the undercarriage. <laughs> Excellent use of the word undercarriage. All <laughs> uh, right, Chris. Chris, minor compliment. Yeah, my minor compliment uh, is is the entire idea of a feeling field. Uh, Rhonda decides that the way to guard yourself against bad things is to put up a field stopping bad feelings from going up. And then when it goes down, you know that shit's bad and, and you got to run away or do something like that. And that reminds me of Star Wars and being in a starship and playing X-Wing and your shields go down. And then you just gotta run. So yeah. clearly, shared history of video games, me and Rhonda Byrne. <laughs> and I, I give her was, mad props for that. This was disappointing because I had enjoyed when bad feelings were horses so much <laughs> that all of a sudden, now that they were on like Starfighters, I was like, oh, come on. Pick a genre. <laughs> Alex, you're like, like you don't want change to happen. Like the technology is moving too fast for you. Yeah. Like, I remember when feelings were horses. <laughs> now they're starfighters attacking the Death Star of our dreams. What was wrong with that? Dude? Yeah. The thing about Star Wars fields, though, is that the best place to host fields from is on a small moon inhabited entirely by small teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kerr. You get to close out with the last and final compliment ever delivered to Rhonda Byrne's The Power by any kind of reason. All right. Well, Rhonda Byrne, um, I, I, this is true. I had a moment where Rhonda Byrne real, made me realize that confidence is, really comes from within because I was on the bus, packed, packed with people, and I have my iPod displayed from the pocket of my shirt and on the lay on the screen it very clearly says the power by Rhonda Byrne <laughs> and everyone can see this and I think oh shit and I start looking around and counting the hot ladies on the bus and thinking oh my god everyone knows that I'm the guy and I can't just like take my earbuds out and announce to the bus it's ironic it's <laughs> oh I ran into uh, that with Sarah Palin it was awful <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had that moment, and I thought about flipping it around, and then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to own this. I'm going to stand on this bus and just listen to the power, and I'm going to be okay with that. And that's how Rhonda Byrne taught me to be confident in myself. And then you used the power to heal the wounds when everybody beat you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used the power to wake up from my coma. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, that is it for our show. That is it for the power. That is it for episode number 68. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we are talking about George Bush's autobiography. It'll be out by the time this show is out, but it's coming out this week, and we are going to uh, hopefully get it right away and do a quick turnaround on it. And we'll be talking about that the, probably the first third or so of that next week. So if you want to read along with that, you can probably get it on Audible for free, actually, by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep and signing up for a free trial. Get the book. Keep it even if you cancel your subscription uh, before you char- charge you. So thank you so much, as always, Chris and Ezra. Yep. Yep. Ez, I hope late, Lake Titicaca is treating you well. It's on some continent. I don't know where. Between Bolivia <laughs> and Peru. Uh, <laughs> and thank you very much for joining us again, Kerr. We really appreciate you being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you always. I wanted to take a break from my civil rights work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It was excellent. All right. Uh, we will have you back again sometime. We really appreciate you joining us. Oh, yeah, man. That's it. So everybody uh, be back next week. We'll talk to you later. I was a horse with the f- with using a shield. <laughs> <laughs>